Welcome back to the First Cup Podcast with Kyle Porter. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. Uh, our golf action for the week remains overseas. We'll be talking about the CJ Cup uh, out in South Korea here in just a little bit. Uh, reflect on the CIMB win for Mark Leishman. Uh, big dog getting a win. The, uh, the you know good for good for Mark Leishman. I don't, we'll, we'll get into any specific takes to get out of that. We got some some bigger picture stuff to talk about, including our expectations for Tiger Woods in 2019. And we begin with a legend walking away from the booth, Kyle Porter. As I bring you in, what is going to be uh, the thing that you're going to miss most about Johnny Miller on the call for some of golf's biggest moments? I thought you were saying that I was walking away from the booth. Um, no, you. I, I still need you in the background making heinous faces <laughs> when JT pulls it on his approach shot in a crucial uh, in a crucial moment of a tournament. Uh, that was the best, uh, Johnny Miller. So I I remember uh, tweeting this. It was during the Honda Classic, I think, two years ago, and. Ricky Fowler was leading, I guess it was last year, but two two seasons ago now that we're in the new season. Ricky Fowler was leading and but he was like kinda it was kind of falling apart early and the, and they switched over from the golf channel broadcast to the NBC. And I just remember being delighted at what just at what Johnny was gonna say about it. And you know, I, I think the thing like you always you always see this when people retire or they die. Like you don't hear any of the negative things, right? Uh, about people, I think that I, I think there was a sense that like, and th- this this is my perspective. I don't know if this is actually true, but I never felt like he really did a lot of homework about the specific event that they were that they were in. I I, I think that. Um, I think he was lacking on that front. I, I, I don't know that he was mailing it in. I think he was just able to wing it in a way that made it presentable without doing the homework leading up to it. But he was always entertaining. You wow. Know? That, and that sounds like every presentation I gave in high school. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, was I able to talk my way through it? Yeah. Was I entertaining? Absolutely. I, I mean, listen, there, there's a part of me that especially as I got deeper and deeper into the golf world, I came to really appreciate um, the like the fact that the hits would get played in terms of uh, really doubling down on on making the pressure of the back nine a talking point, you know, and all, always coming back to some of the same touchstones. I, I you know, I, I think that's like seeing Billy, Billy Joel's in concert right now, and someone made the great point like Billy Joel hasn't come out with a new album in like maybe 15 years he's he, he's not trying to go through and, and play the classic album from front to back like the classic album that billy joel is playing is his greatest hits and johnny miller gives you the greatest hits and i respect that yeah for sure i i do think like his his hit rate on uh like things that were actually true that he said kind of kind of declined over the years it was like nah i don't i don't know if that's actually true it's funny i'm entertained by it i'm glad you said it but i don't know if it's actually true oh well that's that's very good for these times in what do you mean in in these times oh like it doesn't matter (laughs) yeah facts don't matter yeah yeah yeah. no that's true and so yeah it, it i guess it played well but i think that when you have somebody the whole point of his position like the the position that he held, the Paul Azinger holds, that Nick Faldo holds, all these guys, 
you want people to um, hit, you want people to dislike you for truthful things that you can back up. So Brandle Brandle Shambley is a really good example of this. People people get so mad at him for things he says about you know whoever Tiger Phil or whatever, but he can always point back to um, statistical evidence. Now you can look at statistics and evidence in different from different angles and kind of prove your point. And he's, he's good at like arguing different points and all this stuff. I don't ever feel like, uh, Johnny Miller uh, did that as well uh, as, as maybe somebody like Shambly or, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe an Azinger, but the thing that makes Johnny Miller and, and Paul Azinger and these guys good is that they, they've been there and they will say anything. Like you, 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 the, you, you have no idea what they're going to say about, about any given situation, about any player. And you have to, you, to be successful in that role, you have to not be scared of anybody. You have to not be scared of saying anything. And it's pretty clear that, that, that somebody like Johnny Miller was not Johnny Miller's fearless. He's not, he is yeah. not intimidated by, uh, by by making a golfer mad he's not he's not going to be nervous about what a golfer's manage i listen johnny miller's not going to be uh, have the hesitation that uh someone else might have in terms of souring a relationship and what that might mean for future reporting sources or writing yeah and that's that's the great thing right is because he he is he's disconnected from reporting and you can just say whatever you know, and he, and he often did. I think the thing that gets lost, Chip, is is how good of a player he was. You know, mm. I was reading a couple of things today, and just thinking about like he won eight times in a year. I think it was nineteen seventy four. Eight times. That's, and we, and that's, we, yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. And you know, it gets it, it all gets like sort of covered up by the the sixty three at Oakmont or whatever. But he was he was awesome. He was a really really good player, and I hope that that doesn't get get lost in all of this. And you know, I, I'm interested to see like we have no idea who it's going to be right now. Who who is the guy from this generation that 50 years from now, maybe not 50, maybe 30 or 40, kids who are uh, 10 or 15 or 20, 40 years from now, won't remember as a good player they'll only know them as a broadcaster, you know, because that's how like, I mean, some of the young guys on tour, I mean, they, they know, but some, some younger people who follow golf or sports or whatever, they don't, they have no idea that Johnny Miller was awesome at golf. They just know him as a broadcaster. And I'm curious, like who from this generation will be that person 40 years from now. It ain't going to be Brooks Kepka. No, no. <laughs> All right, hold no, on. It's not. Let's let's workshop this for a few minutes. Have do you have uh an answer or two? Like any anybody on the t- on the tip of your tongue? I've got one. Well, I mean, what uh, I was going to say Ricky. No. Mm. No, he, he 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 won't he won't he would be a good personality. He won't say stuff though. Okay. All right. Like who who will be who will be truthful and honest and kind of just not really care patrick reed would be great <laughs> uh pat perez pat perez would be awesome yeah um uh, phil phil if you were able to like if if you were able to keep phil in his lane and say just hey just sit here just exist here 
He'd be f- unbelievable. I don't know if anybody would be able to do that, though. What about Ian Poulter? Yeah. I don't, yeah, know, he, if he, I don't know if he would be good. want to go all in on the PGA Tour. Would he? Maybe. I mean, you know, who knows what the, you know, what his... What, what, how he would imagine himself or in in a booth situation, but I certainly imagine Ian Poulter's being fearless. Uh, you know, he would he would be sort of in that line. Like it can't all be American golfers, right? I mean, we've we've got Faldo obviously as our as our lead analyst on uh, CBS, and he also does work for the Golf Channel. I would say you know I would say two, Poulter might be the most likely Euro. You know, two guys who I think would be pretty sneaky good who? is. Uh, Matt Kuchar. Yeah. And uh, Henrik Stenson. I like that Stinson, both. Stenson's funny. Stenson's very, very funny. And Kuchar, I, I was only shying away from him because he's got a good voice. He explains things well, but he's so nice. Yeah. But he, he would, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. You almost, you yeah. The, the thing is, like, when I think of Johnny Miller and I think of, um, I don't, I don't necessarily think of Faldo like this, but Paul Azinger for sure. I think of guys that are just like, like they're a little like, I, I don't, I don't know what the, what the personality trait is, but they just, they're kind of like, uh, unhinged at times. I, th- you know, Bubba, maybe that's Poulter, Bubba Watson. Bubba. No, please. No, <laughs> that's uh, a, don't, hey, you bring your personal biases. You keep those out of this. You you know, you know who would be really good if if he was if he and I think he is, uh, I don't know if he would ever want to do something like this, but I think he would be smart enough to navigate it well and still be truthful and honest about everything. Uh, Rory, yeah, a hundred percent. He'd be awesome. He would be incredible. Yeah. And if you paired him, I, Hey, I'll start, I'll start, uh, the, the Rory Shane bacon campaign for like 20, what year is it? 20, 2035, Shane on the call. Rory is the, as the color guy. How good would that be? But by then, you know, that we're going to have like 15 channels and we'll be broadcasting from space. So it, <laughs> it won't be, it won't be Fox covering the U S open. It'll be sport channel uno and they're gonna be floating in a satellite above the earth uh what about adam scott uh he just, i just don't think he would i don't think i think he's so private that i just don't know if he would want to mm. do it he'd be, he'd be good though great great voice great voice yeah buttery T- tiger would never do it tiger tiger would be tiger is not as funny as he th- thinks he is (laughs) but he is way more insightful and knowledgeable than anybody realizes right he's so smart about the game that that it gets lost because he's so athletically gifted but the way he thinks and the way he i mean even his you know you know that deal when they like they bring people into the booth to like comment on uh other other players are just like he's done it at, like at stuff that he's hosted like the um whatever what's the deal in the bahamas the the hero the yeah. world the hero world challenge i think he's done it there uh he i think he did it a couple times when he was injured even like his post round like when they do the, the thing where they show his shots and he talks about them it's an it's 
captivating. I mean, it's enthralling to listen to. And I think he'd be, I think he would actually be really good in that role. Mm. Uh, we mentioned uh, Adam Scott, Mark Leishman, the big winner at the CIMB. Uh, any, what, what were sort of our big takeaways uh, from this, the first premiere of the event of this swing? Uh, you know how many you know how many wins Mark Leishman has on the PGA Tour in his career? Just just guess how many wins. Seven. He's got four. Hmm. I was a little Which, too high with seven. Yeah, it, it surprises me though because I I would have uh, I, I probably would have said seven also not seven but I would have said somewhere north of four um, in terms of how many wins he's had. Uh, you know, I, John Feinstein wrote this really interesting piece for. Um, for golf digest about our scores on the PGA tour too low. And, you know, we've seen, we've seen 26 under when the CIMB, we've seen 23 under, we've seen 24 under. And a lot of times it just, it just sort of feels like, well, whoever, whoever got hot on, on like it, 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 it almost feels like when you have these real, these scores that are these tournaments that produce really low scores, like it's so arbitrary that it's 72 holes. Cause if it was 90 holes, then somebody else would have won. Like it wouldn't have been mm. Leishman. Or if it was like 54 holes, then somebody else would like it, 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 you just, it just ended when this person was hot. And I, I don't think that all tournaments feel that way. Like some tournaments feel like, okay, well if it was 90 holes, then, uh, this person still would have won or this person or this person would have lost because there's, there's the flip side, especially in golf of yeah. the, the leader who can only keep it together, but so long on the fi- during the final round. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I do, I don't know. I, I think the, the arguing about our scores too low or courses too easy is a, is a, um, probably a bigger picture argument, but I, I do think it produces sometimes these kind of, arbitrary results where it's just like, well, yeah, I mean, this person was great over the last 18 holes and they, they won the golf tournament, but that, that's not to take away. I mean, Leishman is obviously a a really good player. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he, he, he's like, he's one of those guys that it's like, okay, he's, he's a one major guy. If he wins one, you know, will, will he win one? I, I think, I think he, I think you put him in that category with like a uh, a Hunter Mahan or a I don't know maybe I don't think he's as good as Justin Rose, but Justin Rose might be a one major guy, maybe a Henrik Stenson, somebody right. like that. And uh, you know he's had a he's had a really good last couple of years. He's won three times since the beginning of of 2017 and can, competed, contended at all these major championships. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get one over the next four or five years. Okay. If there's for an individual golfer, you know, there's say 280 and, you know, it's, it's less than that for the winner, but about, we'll say 280 individual events, right? For each stroke in a given event. Sure. Right. Right. Big 12 football game, 160 events, maybe round up a little bit more if we count special teams, but if both teams are running about 80 plays per game, Mm -hmm. but sometimes that's, sometimes that's sports, right? The what do, what do you mean in in the way that sometimes it's just the whoever gets hot at the at the right time and if we had played another quarter if this is a six quarter game then some you know the other team would have won but that I I I tend to not jump on board there because I just factor that into sports 
Like I, my head, yeah. my head initially went to basketball where it's like, yeah, I mean, sometimes one team just gets really, really hot in the fourth quarter and like all of a sudden the game is different. And then I, I was trying to think about how many possessions there are in basketball and, uh, you know, run that up the chain. And that's where I got to big 12 football where I'm trying to get close to that number of 280 different, uh, you know, individual events within the contest. And yeah, it's like, sometimes who whoever gets hot whoever gets in a rhythm at the right time like it's the the going 23 under is kind of i guess like uh you know oklahoma texas tech pat mahomes baker mayfield right yeah i i guess my point is that like you know you know how we talk about like the rhythm of events and Jordan Spieth understanding that better than in anybody else and Agreed. kind of peaking on Sundays and understanding that it's 72 holes and, and all the, all these different things. I, I think, I don't think of a course like, uh, the one that's played in the CIMB when I'm talking about that, because I feel like with that, it just, it's just like this putting contest of like, well, were you hot on Sunday or not? And if you're not, then you're not going to win the tournament because somebody else is going to shoot a 61. Mm. And I, I, it just, it doesn't, <clears throat> to me, it's not as, as demanding a overall test as, I mean, obviously as something like an open championship or a U.S. open or, or, a even like a Honda classic or, or Riviera or somewhere like that. And it, it just becomes this like, again, just like this putting contest and it it just it just feels more arbitrary. That that doesn't like take away from the win. Obviously it counts as a PGA tour win. You did you did make the putts on Sunday. It just doesn't it doesn't register as much with me as being like this big deal as as maybe some other events. Man, you're you're like the Virginia basketball fan of golf. I know. I know. <laughs> I really am. It's it yeah. It's all about per possession basis, you know? That's all that matters. I know. It is. Shout out to Ken Palm. Shout out to Ken Palm. Yeah, Virginia UVA is always the Ken Palm champions of the world. Still can't make the final four. <laughs> um if you're trying to uh to go deep in, in your uh, and, you know, if you want to get hot, you want to make the putts, you want to be dialed in on your approach shots when, whenever you've got your local tournament coming up, you might, you might need to put some work into that game. Now you've heard us talk about it before, but it's important to remind you that you can put in that work and have a great time all together. And that's over at Top Golf because at Top Golf they do lessons differently. They've got certified instructors who not only help you improve your game, they want you to have a great time too, so that you can sip. You can snack, you can swing, and after all that, you're bound to play better, and you can do it all with Top Golf Coach. Book a lesson today at topgolf.com/lessons. Uh, it's a great bonding activity for a workplace or a group of friends. You get all of a sudden or getting in some lessons on the side. Topgolf.com/lessons. Uh, book a time with one of the certified instructors at your local Top Golf facility. They want to make sure that you enjoy all the amenities, whether it's sipping or snacking. And also improve your game too. Once again, book a lesson today, topgolf.com slash lessons. You've got a piece up on cbssports.com right now. Got to dig into it. Seven reasons Tiger Woods 2019 will be better than his comeback season of 2018. 
was this a hard uh, take to round yourself into, or did you charge into it uh, with guns blazing? No, I mean, it, it seems pretty... Um, intuitive? Yeah, it seems intuitive. Like, I, I, Do you want to just go through all, all seven reasons? Um... No, we're gonna jump around. I don't want you to be. I don't want you to be that comfortable. <laughs> Shout out to Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like, if if he was able to perform the way that he did in 2018, after all the question marks coming into the year, then intuitively, logically, it would stand to reason that he's going to perform much better in 2019 when there aren't as many question marks. Are there still question marks? Sure, he he used like seven different putters last year. Right, so that was uh, that was gonna, where I was going to start. So, are are we willing to assume that the putting woes are solved? Uh, no, I don't think I don't think that I don't think that his twenty nineteen is dependent upon that. Ooh, I mean, in the same way that like. Look, here's the reality. In the same way that that Dustin Johnson and Rory can win two or three times in a year and not be top 100 putters, the same is true of Tiger. And and the reason why is that he's the he was the number one ball striker on the PGA Tour last year. He finished number This is not a bias towards Tiger. It's statistical evidence, facts. That he was the, he he was ranked number one in strokes gained on approach shots. Number one, it, it's, it's unbelievable that he that he finished there after after coming into the year with so many question marks, and he did that after essentially. I mean, he says not really having a swing for the first three months of the season, and so if he's going to be a top five, even a top five ball striker in terms of approach shots, then I don't even really care what he does with the putter. He's going to be competitive, and he's probably going to win. Because that's what top five to ten ball strikers do, and uh, I, I just I just think that's kind of where we're at with him right now. Do you think it's possible? You made a point in the piece. You said that uh, his feels are back. Is that something that I mean? Uh, is is that something that you feel like you can ride for a while? Uh, especially uh, like it feels like something that could carry over to a point. But I mean, do we get, do we has Tiger shown us? anything to give us confidence that those feels that he can he can stay in that good rhythm he can stay in that good place with his game so for a, a whole other season well I, I think the thing here is that the um the learning curve so to speak it's not really a learning curve the but just like the on-ramp for him isn't as steep as it was last year, right? Sure. Because last year you're like, I I mean, I mean, even he was like, I, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. And so I just feel like we're, we're starting in 2019 from a, from a much, from a, from a higher level of stability than before. But listen, here's the thing. This is like, this is like uh, college football coaches, right? It, it always goes well until it doesn't like it always ends badly. Bob Stoops is an, is the is the exception, not the rule. Right, right. Oh, 100%. percent. So it, it's going to go badly at some point for Tiger. It just is. Like he's going to either get hurt again, or his game's going to go, or he's going to be putting with his driver because he. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go badly, but it's going to go badly in the future. 
at some point, because it always does, we're going to see that with Phil over the next two or three years. I'm just betting on the fact that it's not going to be in 2019 and he's going to maintain, he's going to be able to maintain some level of what we saw in, in 2018 uh, going into the next year. And the, the schedule should be much better for him as well. That was a huge piece of it. Yeah. It's going to, it's not, I mean, he, he's not really going to play in that. It's going to look honestly a lot the same, but he's just going to know what it's going to look like going in. He's going to know he's in all these WGCs. He's going to know, okay, well, I don't have to get, I don't have to go here to get reps for the Masters because I can play the events that I'm comfortable with and and everything like that. So I think that is, uh, I think that plays into it as well. It's just going to be, it's going to be old habits for him, you know, and, and uh, obviously he was able to win and, and rise to number 13 in the world, uh, even outside of that, I just think there's going to be a higher level of comfort for him in 2019. Are you nervous about him trying to get bigger and get stronger and get back to lifting those weights? Yes. Yeah, me too. I don't... Yeah, I I, I think it's pretty interesting. I was thinking about this because... He talked after the BMW about how like got to get in the gym, you know, got to got to do some deadlift. He didn't say deadlifts, but you know that's probably what he's doing. And then he goes out and wins the Tour Championship, and you're like, mm, I don't know. Let's keep, do let's, you? Yeah, let's work on that pliability, flexibility, TB12 method, Tiger. Let's. Yeah, like I mean, seriously, like I, I'm not. I'm look. I'm not here for the golfers shouldn't lift weights argument, but. It is interesting to me that that he's like, oh, I'm so weak. I don't have any strength. I'm losing weight. All this stuff, and then he goes out and just just mows everybody down at the Tour Championship. And you're <laughs> right. Like, well, I, I mean, I don't I don't know what to do with that. Um, you know, and 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 he talked all year about oh, the se- as the season wears on, I'm losing weight. I'm not able to. I'm not. I don't have um, the strength that I need. L- look at his last ten events. He was lights out. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that I, I don't know that those two things are correlated, but I don't know that they're not either. And I think that's a I think that's a really uh, I, I don't know if I was him. And it, we've talked about this for 15 years. Like if I was him, I, I would take a, a a pretty hard look at like, was that cause and effect? Maybe I, I don't I don't know. I'm just saying let's work on some resistance training. Let's get in that band work. Let's ease off on that heavy metal tiger. He's forty three. I mean, well, look at who just won the CIMB. Mark Leishman doesn't look like you know. Uh, I, I can't even can't even Nick, Joey Bosa. You thinking about Joe? You thinking about Nick Bosa? Yeah, I was trying to. I I just I was trying to throw out who was the guy that uh, played at LSU that was so jacked Landry. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Well, Ron, well, Landry. Just um, just a piece of metal. Um, all right, so let's turn our attention to this weekend. Uh, the CJ Cup. It's the Cup, right? Or championship? CJ Cup, but C- you get a plaque for winning. So what? Maybe maybe it should be the CJ, CJ plaque. plaque. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really good field. We get to see yeah. the uh, PJ Tour Player of the Year, Brooks Kepka. Uh, he will be making his season debut here. JT back in action as well. Mark Leishman, our winner from... Uh, the week ago, along with the likes of Jason Day, Paul Casey, um, what you know, what's uh, what is there to be learned, or what are we excited about as uh, as we start to think about catching? Uh, you're not going to be waking up early, right? 
No, no way. Um, no chance. As as we start to think about uh, watching some of the tape delay and the results from South Korea. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, it, it's. Do you know what the purse size is for this event? By the way, I don't. Nine and a half. Wait, and, and uh, for reference for any listeners who aren't informed, majors are like eleven. They're, yeah, they're like t- I, I think uh, I think PGA was like ten. Um, wow, it's almost a it's almost, and there's only uh, there's only seventy eight guys in the field, no cut. I mean, it's a it's a big money tournament in terms of guaranteed cash. It's like a WGC essentially, and we're going to see a WGC next week in in China at the HSBC Champions. But I don't know. I mean, tournaments like this, it's it's so it's it's so. The, the timing is so purgatorial and and by that I mean it doesn't count for anything in in 2018 the tour championships already over and you it do, does it tell you anything about 2019 no. I don't know maybe like we saw Jimmy Walker a couple of years ago we've seen JT kind of uh leverage some of his fall success into uh a lot of success in the spring and summer but JT is also like a just in a vacuum, one of the five best players in the world. So I, I don't think it, I don't, I don't know that you can learn a lot from it, but it is a good field. That, I think that was my, I think that's my biggest like pre-tournament takeaway is that you've got Kepka, you've got uh, JT, you've got uh, Paul Casey. Who else do you have? You got Xander, I think is in this field. Uh, who do we have here? Siwoo. Uh, Siwoo, Jason Day. Uh, Cam Smith, Adam Scott. It's it's pretty solid, honestly, for especially for middle of October. Um, so yeah, I mean it'll it'll be fun. It's a cool uh, the island. Everybody raves about that island and and being out there. A cool back backdrop kind of to the golf this week. And uh, yeah, should be should be fun. Middle middle of October, middle of the Asian swing should be should be a good time. Uh, who's your pick to win? Uh, I just keep picking JT. Ah, come happens. on. I know it's so boring, mm. but he's, he's, I, I think, I don't know. I've, I've probably gone on this rant before. Like he's, he's underrated. He's really good. Like he's maybe generationally good. Like Jordan Spieth good. I'm not arguing with the point. I'm just asking for more creative picks, my man. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about my sleeper then. All right. Who's got, your sleeper? Uh, ben- I got Ben on. See, now we're talking. I, yeah, I'm I'm in on Ben on this year. He was a top, uh, I think he was top 12 strokes gained tee to green last season. He's got the pedigree, former US, youngest USAM champ ever. Uh, and he, you know, he's, he's a little bit old. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't categorize him as like this emerging superstar because he's, I think he's 27 or 28. I think he's going to be really solid and consistent on the PGA tour for a long time. Um, I will go with Cam Smith as my sleeper. Yeah, that's good. I think he's, I think his odds are pretty low though. Oh really? I think so. I just, uh, I, I remember what was it? Was it near the end well, of last uh, year? He started catching fire a little bit. Yeah. He finished, uh, he finished one shot out of, out of a playoff at this tournament last year. He's 28 to one. Uh, to win here so that's yeah that's borderline sleeper i'd say um he's a good he's a he might be the most underrated player in the world he's a really really good player he's he's awesome and nobody even knows who he is oh i do 
He's like the he's like Fleetwood pre like Fleetwood. He's twenty eight going on sixteen. <laughs> is he twenty eight? No, is he what twenty four? I think he's like twenty three or twenty four. He's young. And he looks like a child. Yeah, he does. Yeah. That's you know, like that, he was playing he was playing the par three last year at the Masters with uh I think he was with Finau, actually, and all of Finau's kids are there. And you're like, oh, he kind of, kind of looks like he could be hanging with them. <laughs> <laughs> so he was he was playing with Finau uh, when Finau popped his ankle back in place. I'm pretty sure it was it was Cam Smith and Finau in the par three together. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've been really impressed with him. That's maybe you know what? Maybe that's what the fall is good for. Fall is good for uh starting to feel out who who you're going to take to to make the big jump. Like who's going to yeah. who's going to be who are going to be those three or four golfers that make a jump uh next into in 2019. Ben on was one of mine. Ben on I, I wrote this post. Wait, already? Yeah. Was it like in the last couple of weeks? It was, I think like ten days ago. So my my five were uh, were actually Tony Tony Finau, um, which again like I'm but saying that you're these saying are Tony Finau is going to win basically. Yeah, I'm saying I'm saying these are five guys that are going to make a leap up from where they are, a significant leap up from where they are. Okay, who else is on it? So so I got Finau. I got uh, I got Patrick Cantlay. Those are kind of the two like cliche ones, and then I've got. Uh, Luke List. Boo. Luke List finished one spot behind uh, Rory and one ahead of Tiger in strokes gained tee to green last season. Okay. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do with that. <laughs> and uh, I've got uh, Ben on. Right. Who, who finished top 15 tee to green and is a terrible putter. I love those guys. And I've got uh, Sam Ryder, three top tens, finished top fifty, uh, top fifty in tee to green, I think. And uh, he hasn't. I like guys who haven't played a lot. Like I, I like guys who, if the learning curve is steep, they're still at the bottom of it, and you're like, okay, I can, I can, in, and but they've already had success. I can envision this guy you know, kind of, kind of shooting up the learning curve over the next couple of years and, and becoming a, a top, you know, 25 or 20 or 15 player. So is that conversation taking place in the realm with an accepted fact that Xander has already made a jump and that he, his, his progression, you know, will be continued, you know, the idea that uh, you don't mm-hmm. think he's going to regress, but that in terms of dramatic change of where you are, he's already he's already made that to this point in his career. Yeah, I man, I I honestly don't know what to do with Xander. Like he is he. We've talked we talk about him on here a lot. I feel like we do. It's actually the Xander Cup podcast with Kyle Porter. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't I don't know I don't know where to categorize him because. Like who who has a better career, Xander or Patrick Cantlay? Xander. He won the tour championship. Well, but I'm saying who eventually has like who ends with a better career? Oh. Uh I'm gonna say Xander. 
Yeah, that, and 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 I I don't know. Like, if that's true, I guess I guess I just see him as more of like an already hit his ceiling guy. Wow. Which I which is still a good. Which is like uh, the idea that it's it's good that he will he will be what a four time winner on the PGA Tour, five time winner on the PGA Tour, something like that. Right. So so I I look at him like maybe a. like what about what about putting him in the Daniel Berger category? Fair. You're like, eh, okay. I mean, yeah. Like they've won. He's sick. I just, yeah. I just don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the ceiling is, and I, maybe that's a completely unfair comparison to put him in the Berger category. But there are guys. I mean, you look at um, you look at somebody like a Wesley Bryan. So he he won uh, RBC Heritage. When was that? Seventeen. And you're like, okay, well, was that his ceiling? Yeah. But and and he that it's different. I'm I'm saying I I don't I think Xander and Daniel Berger are better than Wesley Bryan. Uh, but there there my point is that there are guys that have already hit their ceiling right now, and they're and they're not going to go beyond that. I don't know who they are. All three of those guys might go beyond what or what they've already done, but I think it's fair to ask that question of of uh, different players like that. Has Brian Harmon already hit a ceiling? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think he kind of just. And and by the way, kinda... when I th- when I think of hitting the ceiling, I don't say you're not going to win again. We're just talking about the evolution of your game and where you stack up against your peers, right? Correct. Because you yeah. can, you, I, think, I mean, your game cannot change. And if you keep it right at that level, you could end up winning. PJ Tour is crazy. I think Brian Harmon is this generation's Matt Kuchar. Hmm. Hmm. Like, people see it. Like, he's kind of underrated as like a, as like a killer. Like, because he's you know seemingly nice and just you know whatever, but he's he's a really good player, super consistent. I don't know. I mean, Kuchar's got a lot of wins. I think Kuchar's got like eight wins. And, yeah. And Brian Brian Harmon's only got two, but he's also only thirty one. Yeah, I gotta gotta see more from Brian Harmon before I'm ready to call him this generation's Matt Kuchar. Kuchar has seven wins. So he's I don't know. He doesn't have that many more. He hangs with the big dogs though. Har- yeah, kind of. Har- Harmon stepped in the ring for a little bit. Couldn't <laughs> handle the heat. <laughs> When's the Masters? I want the Masters to be here. Uh, the Masters is in, shoot, six months. It's yeah, half it's a year good. away. It's It's not good. Uh, he is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at KylePorterCBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip.